Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. Before we start today's lesson, I want to say hi to Matthew. Matthew's been in my academy for about five months now and it's been an absolute pleasure working with him. So I just wanted to say hi Matthew before we start. Today's lesson, we're going to talk about a listening section three. I've chosen this listening because I did it with my class yesterday and they found it so difficult and it really is difficult. So what I want to do today is break it down into three main areas of language really which make it difficult um, and I will explain that as I go through it but there are three very common and distinct well grammar points really which they use as distractors and when I say distractors I mean they use them to kind of trick you to make sure that you really do understand and that you're not just guessing. Um, we've talked about distractors before. Very often they use the future tense. So if it's talking about a building and they ask you to name two things that have already been done, um, they will often say, oh, and that's in the pipeline, meaning that will be done in the future. So you have to listen very carefully to decide what has been done and what will be done in the future. This one is slightly different. Um, and the reason why it's more difficult is because they're using basically a third conditional, uh, the idea it would have been good if you had done this. And the reason this is difficult is because when you say it fast, you don't hear the, that would have been good. It just sounds like, oh, that would have been good. That would have been good. But it means that it wasn't good or that you didn't even do it. So a lot of the sentences here say, you know, it's a tutor talking to his student and you have to decide which things he liked about her dissertation. And very often he says, oh yes, that would have been good. That would have been good. And you, it's really fast. And so it's very easy to miss. And the second one is, again, a future tense, but using would here, um, it would be good if you could do this next, maybe. Or that would be something to do in the future, maybe. But it means that she hasn't already done it. Um, right, so let's have a look at the questions. These, there are 10 questions and they're split into three different types. The first type is when you have to choose two things from a list of five things. And it says, for example, questions one to two, which two areas of work did Beth include in her dissertation? So again, um, you listen to the tutor giving her feedback about the dissertation and he either says yes I'm really glad you did that or oh, maybe you could have done that or she says yes actually I thought about that but I changed my mind or um, I thought that might be too close so I did something else so we're really listening for buts or so and that will lead us 
to the answer. So let's just focus on this question one and two first. So the student's name is Beth and she's written her dissertation on communication skills in the workplace. Um, and they start by the areas that she focused on. You have a choice of five. So there's A, retail, B, banking, C, call centres, D, tourism, and E, translation. So retail and banking, um, they're quite similar. Call centres related to finance, I guess. Then you suddenly have tourism and then translation. So this is important when you listen. So you know, you read before you listen and try to just get an idea of those five topics so that you're ready to hear the answer. So he says, the professor or the tutor says, I see you decided to focus on certain sectors. She answers, yes, I felt that jobs involving interaction with the public would be my main area. So obviously the retail sector had to be in there. So that gives us the first one. She says the retail sector had to be in there. There's not a question about maybe she could do this next. It's what did she do? And she says very clearly the retail sector had to be in there. Then he asks questions. He says, sure, but you didn't. Oh, also, if there's a kind of agreement, then you know it's the right answer. So, yes, he says, sure, but you didn't just focus on the obvious ones like that, did you? She says, no, I wanted to look at a variety of sectors. I felt, for example, that banking would probably lead to the same sort of results as retails. So she didn't want to do banking because it would be too similar to retail. But of course, she mentions banking. So some people hear banking and they think, oh, that's the second one. But it's a trick. Next, he says, what about call centres? So that's next on the list. They do go in order. She says, yes, of course, that seemed like an obvious place to go initially. Notice this initially at first. We've had this before. It means that they changed their mind. But I decided to spread the focus away from interactions involving customers and the goods and services they buy. So she's already said, yes, initially, but you've got the but there. And he says, ah, so that led you to the idea of tourist guides. And she says, yes, so you've got the agreement. That's a very specific area of communication dealing with different nationalities. So that's it. The second one is tourism. Now, you've still got translation left on the list. So do try to cross it off as being wrong. So the final thing he says is, Ah, the skills involved in that are very interesting. And she says, yes, that led me to think about the work of translators and interpreters. Now, his response is this. Well, that might be the starting point for a whole other piece of work. 
So it's something that she might want to do in the future. It's a starting point for another piece of work, but not this one. So to sum up, the distractors are things which are mentioned, but there's always a but. And maybe it was initially at the start or in the future. The correct answers, there is some kind of agreement where they said yes or sure. Let's go to questions three and four now. Which two aspects of the dissertation were impressive according to the tutor? So we're listening for voice here. Which things impressed him? Which things is he positive about? Remember, we're also listening for things that might have been good if she had done them. So you've got five choices again. A. Summary of academic research. B. Analysis of videos. C. Observation of live interactions. D. Interviews. E. Analysis of data on the outcomes. So he says, um, now the research you did for this was generally very impressive. That's it. Introduction. It was generally very impressive. But if you look at A, it says summary of academic research. This is not the answer. And listen why. He says, though a bit more on the academic research that's been done into this area would have been good. So basically she didn't do enough for this section. Um, so more on the academic research that's been done into this area would have been good. Fast speech would have been good. So it is not A. Um, no, it is not A. She says, well, I went for a more personal approach here rather than rehashing other people's work or focusing mainly on the theories of how people communicate. And he says, yes, it worked well. It would have been good if you could have filmed in action and then analysed the videos. So this is point B which is the video analysis. Notice analysis is the noun, but he's talking about analyzing the videos. So this is where word formation is important. So what does he think about her video analysis? Well, she didn't do it. He says it would have been good if you could have filmed people in action and then analyzed the videos. And she says, I know, but there were practical issues there. So she didn't do it, so it's not B. So, here we've got the answer, comes after so. <laughs> so I settled for watching people in action and making notes on what they were doing. And of course, there were the interviews too. So she mentions the C and D, the observations and the interviews, but let's listen to what he says. 
Yes, it's very interesting to compare what people think they're doing with the way they're actually communicating. I was very struck by that aspect. And your analysis from watching people in action was very effective too. So he's mentioned two things. He says, I was very struck. Struck means impressed. And the analysis was very effective too. So the answers are C and D. Now, look at the trick. If you come down to E, it says analysis of data on the outcomes. So because he said your analysis was very effective too, a lot of people might think this is the answer, but it's a different analysis. He said your analysis from watching people in action was effective. But E says the analysis of data on the outcomes. So you have to be really careful about which words he said were good and which words are in the text about something different. And if you continue to the end of that section, he says it would be fascinating to get data on the outcomes of these interactions too and whether the desired outcomes were achieved. So notice he says it would be fascinating to get data on the outcomes of these interactions. It would be, but she didn't do it. And she says, I know that would be something I'd love to look at if I knew how to go about it. So she's saying, yes, that would be a great idea, but I didn't do it. So it's not E. Now we're coming on to questions five to eight. These are a different type of question. Um, There are eight parts or sections of the dissertation mentioned. And again, you have to say what he thought about each part. And there are choices. Um, There are six choices. And You have four statements, so of course two are not used. So the six choices, um, they're kind of half positive, half negative, and this can help you just getting a feel for was he impressed or not. So if we look at the statements, it says A, there's not enough evidence. B, the conclusion is confusing. C, it highlights a real problem. D, it's particularly well organised. E, there are too many examples. And F, it includes new ideas. So what do you think? Are they positive or negative? A, there's not enough evidence. Obviously negative. B, the conclusion is confusing. Obviously negative. C, it highlights a real problem. Well... You'll see in the context this is something positive because it talks about bringing attention to what is a real problem. D, it is particularly well organised, of course positive. E, there are too many examples, negative. And F, it includes new ideas, which sounds positive, doesn't it? So let's look at the sections of the dissertation. The first one is dealing with complaints.
And of course they introduce this for you so you know where you are. He says, now, your first section is on dealing with complaints. This is an obvious area for something on this subject. But I felt that this section had some really original thinking on your part. Yes, I tried to ignore, she says, yes, I tried to ignore the standard points that are usually made and come up with something fresh. So you've got two mentions of original thinking and fresh. And so the answer there is uh, F. It includes new ideas. Question six is about collaborating with colleagues. He says, the collaborating with colleagues section made for interesting reading too, but I didn't feel that your conclusions were backed up by the research you did. So we've obviously got a negative here. I didn't feel your conclusions were backed up by the research you did. Um, So we're looking for something about research or, or, sorry, backed up means supported by evidence. And that gives us the answer, there is not enough evidence, which is A. They give a few more examples when they continue. They say, um, she says, I tried to illustrate everything with examples. Perhaps some weren't as relevant as others. And he says, yes, that's right. You made some pretty strong assertions, but I wasn't sure they could be justified by the examples. So she made some strong assertions. Key academic word means she claimed, made a lot of claims or points but he didn't think she could justify them or um, support them by the examples that she gave. So the answer is there's not enough evidence. Um, There is a trick with E which says there are too many examples. He doesn't say there are too many examples. He just says that the examples she gave didn't support her assertions. So the answer is A, not enough evidence. Then we come to question seven, interacting with managers. She says, okay, but the evidence for my conclusions in the interacting with managers sections was pretty powerful, wasn't it? And he says, yes. So remember, we're not talking about the collaborate. We're we're talking about the next section now, interacting with managers and he was impressed with this. He says, yes, most of the research in this area doesn't focus on this particular issue. I think your conclusions there point to something that causes all sorts of trouble in organizations and companies, but that isn't given enough attention. So the fact that he's He's mentioned that it's a particular issue, something that causes all sorts of trouble, um, isn't given enough attention. Well, that tells us that it highlights a real problem. And she says, I agree. It's something that training programs should be covering, but they don't. So again, it's a problem um, that she's highlighting. 
Number seven, sorry, eight, um, is giving instructions. And he says, now the giving instructions section was very well put together, I thought. So it's positive. And she says, yes, this is one where language accuracy and coherence are the main issues. And he says, you came to very clear conclusions on that. This is a really effective section with general points illustrated by lots of examples and a conclusion that made logical sense. So the answer comes from the first part, they're very well put together, but also the last conclusion made logical sense. So the answer is D, it is particularly well organised. Let's come on to the last two questions now, questions 9 and 10. Uh, the question says, which two aspects of communication does Beth emphasise in her conclusion? This word emphasise is important. It came up in the reading we did in class today as well. The question was, what do they emphasise? So what does the writer or the speaker say is important? And there are two gaps here, two spaces, and you can use two words. So I think I'm going to read this and you can decide what is in the gap for number nine and number ten. Two aspects that she emphasises. She says, oh no, he says, now you've included quite a bit in the main body about writing skills. But in fact, you see listening skills as being a much bigger issue. And she says, yes, as I say, people don't pay enough attention to what other people say to them. This leads to all kinds of communication problems. Then he says, and the other big issue is grammatical accuracy, isn't it? And she answers, well, up to a point, but as I say, there are lots of instances where this is less of an issue than formal language. When people are in situations where this is required, they're often at a loss and end up not making much sense. So, listen to the trick there. Did you get it? The first one was quite simple. He says, you see listening skills as a bigger issue. And she agreed, yes. So, listening skills is one space, number nine, two words. And then he says, the other big issue is grammatical accuracy. And she says, well, yes, only up to a point. This is less of an issue than formal language. So that is answer 10. It's not grammatical accuracy. It is formal language. Okay, that's it. This is a really tricky one. Um, I'm not sure if I'll get this on my website today because it's from a course book and it's not easy to find all the text. So don't worry too much about that. The main thing is that you listened to this today and that you got some of the strategies that you can often find, especially in part three, I think, when they're discussing the dissertation. Um, they often discuss what they've done, what they haven't done, what they should have done, what they're going to do. And those are where the tricks lie. Um, so thanks very much for listening today. Um, today is the last day that you have an activity for your 
speaking challenge. It's day 28. Day 29 and day 30, I have something different planned. Um, I'm starting now to advertise the webinar that will happen at the end of the challenge. So um, if you're listening to this today, the 28th of November, then um, make sure you follow me on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter um, to get uh, the times and the dates of the webinar. In the webinar, we're going to go through every day of the challenge because every day I wrote something that I noticed from people's answers. So, for example, yesterday when you had to discuss your opinion, um, somebody said, according to me, um, at the start of the sentence, and this is not correct. We don't say according to me, we only say according to somebody else or according to like the newspaper or the media for example, or according to my report, for example, um, because you're, you're telling where the information came from. But when you say, in my opinion, that's what you think. It's not telling the listener where your information came from. So according to me is wrong. You can say according to my records, but not according to me. So this was apparently a huge um, discovery for a lot of people. They had never heard this before and they were taught to say this in school, but it is wrong. And actually, um, uh, somebody, uh, an examiner, well, yes, uh, posted a, a message on my Facebook group and they, she said, please do tell this to people um, because people need to know this because I hear this all the time and it's considered... Uh, qu quite a big mistake really. So all of those things that I noticed that are considered to be mistakes that maybe you're not aware of or um, you just you know make the little mistake but you just need a bit of practice then I've put all of those one handy tip for each day of the challenge and I'm going to go through those tips in my webinar. So Please don't miss it. I will record it, but it won't be available forever because then it will go into my Members Academy um, and it will stay there as a full course. So in the Members Academy, um, each day, so all of my courses are 30 days and each day has a different topic. So this will be um, a, a 30 days to the grammar that you need, the grammar, vocabulary, pronunciation that you need for an excellent speaking test. Okay, so I'll put information about that up as soon as possible. Um, I think I will do about three webinars. I'll do one on Facebook, one on YouTube, and then one at a slightly different time so everybody can catch them if they want to. All right, thanks ever so much for listening. And remember, sign up um, to get the full challenge worksheet with all of my tips and the set of videos, the 28 days of videos. Um, make sure that I've got your name on an email list um, so I can send it to you automatically and any other updates, including the webinar link. Okay, thanks very much for listening. Bye for now. Bye.